0: Go.
1: Go! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Tokyo Cheapo Podcast. Think Tokyo's expensive? Well, think again. All the best tips for visiting and living in Tokyo on a pittance. Cheap sushi, cheap sausages, cheap dates, cheap dogs, cheap hotels, cheap holidays, cheap sumo, cheap salads, cheap bikes, cheap foods, cheap chicken. Hello again! Ladies, gentlemen, and cheapos to another Tokyo Cheapo podcast. I am Chris Kirkland and joining me today is Greg Lane, who is the infamous, infamous cheapo. cheapo. Yes, And I am the infamous cheapo. No, you're the notorious cheapo. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. This is how we roll. It's, it's a cheap podcast, so you don't expect. We don't want to do take four. So this week we're going to be delving into the business yeah. side. We're going to be talking about working from a cafe and working in co-working spaces. Of course,
0: um, you might not be doing business, you might be writing a book or just reading a book. Yeah, it could even just be a personal project. It doesn't have to be uh, um, your own business or or startup or something.
1: But I wanted to drop the word business in there because we've got a category on
0: the site for business, which is
1: rather thin on the ground. Okay. Yes. Before we go into that, let's dive into
0: our regular spot, the Cheapo Eat. Oh, okay. I'm just going to uh, mention a, a place I tried in Shimokitazawa called naan station. As the name suggests, they have naan and curry. I mean, there's a ton of Indian restaurants in, in Tokyo, but this place is particularly cheap. Uh, you can get a like a vegetable curry and a naan for 500 yen. They're quite generous with the naan. I mean, the naan's about, you know, the size of a, a small child's torso. <laughs> so um, you know, nice this, metaphor. Plenty of uh, naan to go around. In fact, you, you know, if you're really cheap, you could probably just get one between two people, and that'd be plenty. Assuming it comes with the ubiquitous chopped cabbage. No, style. it doesn't. It's just it's very simple. It's just naan and um, a curry. That's it. Wow. That's... They they do have some other ones. I mean, you don't have to get a vegetable curry. They have um, you know stuff that ranges up to about seven eight hundred yen. That's almost worth the novelty of uh, going there, just so you don't get that sort
1: of chopped the, the cabbage shredded cabbage thing. Lunch. Yeah. Which seems to be uh, a feature of most yep. lunches.
0: Yeah, yeah. Narn Station has a nice little um, outdoor uh, sitting area too. It's a little far from the station. It's a couple hundred meters kind of away. You know, it's quite a bohemian kind of area, and you can you know appreciate the, the street life and, and things. And you could go shopping at Ozeki Supermarket. Ozeki Supermarket, yes. In fact, when I went there, I killed two birds in one stone. I went to Narn Station and Ozeki Supermarket. Cheapo checklist. Yep. Check check. So let's uh, roll on into the Cheapo calendar. There's a ton of stuff on, um, and it's all free, so uh, I guess we'll just go in uh, chronological order. The first one is the Kanda Matsuri uh, on the 11th of May. So this is apparently one of the three major festivals in Tokyo, but I've been trying to work out what these three major festivals are, and there seem to be four of them, so I'm a bit (laughs) confused. The the, the Kanda Matsuri is on the 11th, and what this is famous for is having uh, over 200 uh, Mikoshi. Now, Mikoshi is a... Uh, it's often translated as a portable shrine, kind of something that you carry on your shoulders. They're really heavy. They're pro- they, they generally have about, you know, depending on the size of it, they they might have six to twenty kind of guys underneath that kind of carrying them around. And um, they have to bounce them all the time. Yeah, they have to bounce them, and they kind of chant, and um, it's very uh, sake fueled. You know, they they, they they pump them full of sake, and and um, I think they get, they, you know, they're, they're all so. Pickle doing this thing that they don't actually realize how much it hurts. So the next yeah. day they're, 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 you know, they're, you know, bedridden. Fractured shoulder blades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so this is, this is one of the more, more famous ones. It's uh, at the Kanda Shrine. Just a little uh, health hazard warning. All the guys, they wear these Oh, Fundoshi. Fundoshi, is it called? Yeah, the fundoshi is the special underwear, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, is it a g-string? It's like a g-string. Yeah. It's like yeah. a sort of
1: traditional g-string. So yeah. you've
0: got all these kind of old men.
1: In traditional g-strings. So is, is that a health hazard for you,
0: for you or them? It <laughs> <for laughs> might, might hurt your eyes a bit. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, this is what I'm saying, you know, you might faint. And actually on the same weekend uh, there's another event which is, uh, there's these kind of ethnic festivals that happen pretty much every weekend from uh, now until the end of autumn at Yoyogi Park. This is one of the more famous ones, it's the Thai festival coming up on the 11th and 12th of May. There'll be uh, some people on the
1: stage doing some vaguely Thai things, yeah. and there'll be the um, ubiquitous uh, ethnic Southeast Asian food stores, which seem to kind of be on rotation every festival.
0: Yeah, yeah, and lots of Thai beer, etc. Oh, it's it's a good time. I mean, you know. It's not exactly like being in Thailand, but it's definitely um, you know de- unique for Japan and good chance to, to talk to people. You know, yeah. people are quite um, open. It's a it's a great
1: you know free festival. Yeah. For me, there's never a big event at the Thai festival, but it's always uh,
0: no, no, this is full yeah. of people and fun. It's just happening. Yep. And another event happening. Um, it's actually over two weeks. Is the May Sumo Tournament at the Kokugikan in uh, a place called Gyogoku. And that happens from the 12th to the 26th of May. And if, actually that's, that's not a free event, I should say. But if you're interested in, in going along to that and getting in for cheap, check out an article on the site about going to the sumo for cheap. To summarise, get a general admission ticket only available in the day, by far the cheapest. They actually restrict you to sitting in the, like the back of the gymnasium, but if you go on a, a weekday, especially towards the start of the tournament, the expensive seats are all empty. And no one checks your tickets, so you basically you just move down and sit in one of the expensive seats. And I didn't tell you to do this. If you go for one of the really expensive seats, you'll get these guys that carry tea around and they'll know that you don't belong. Because <laughs> the same, you know, Shacho sits in that company president but, sits but in that box every time he comes to the sumo. And but This week there's 40 cheapos who've been listening to the podcast, Yeah, <laughs> all sat there. <laughs> tell them you heard it about it somewhere else, don't drop us in it. One more event, which is on the 17th of May... It's actually another of these big three festivals, or big four festivals in Tokyo. The uh, Sanja Matsuri, probably the most renowned festival I think. The Sanja Matsuri takes place in and around uh, Sensoji in Asakusa, which I mistakenly called Asakusa Dera a couple of podcasts ago. For the kanji nerds out there, it's actually the same kanji, so that's why I made the mistake. This festival takes place over three days from the 17th, it attracts... In the range of one point five to two million people. Wow, it's massive. It's especially famous for uh, being quite rowdy. So they'll they'll have these kind of uh, the mikoshi like the, the Kanda Matsuri, um, but they'll have these kind of battles. Usually a guy like standing on on the on the top of the the mikoshi and you know he's, they're trying to you know fight with the other ones and hmm. they tend to be quite a few tattooed gentlemen. <laughs> So, um, you know, in in Japan, like if someone has, um, you know, all over body tattoos, they tend to be associated with the, the yakuza, the organized crime. Yeah, so there's, there's usually a, a decent police presence there as well. Definitely worth checking out. Some lively times ahead. Yeah, indeed.
1: Marvellous. Well, let's... Um, Slow down the pace. Further ado, <laughs> go to the nice, relaxing, cafe-working and co-working uh, feature. Being a cheapo, I've uh, skimped on office costs for the last 20 years, or however long it is, and I've consistently done pretty much all of my work, either at home or in a cafe. Um, I have actually ventured in some co-working spaces as well, but we'll start with cafes. I like working in uh, cafes in Tokyo. I think it's a great place. Generally people are kind of sort of civilized, it's a nice environment for working in, you know, you've not got kids yelling or running around, you've not got people coming in asking you for money and it's a nice civilized atmosphere where people won't disturb you and you can kind yeah. of focus on getting work done.
0: Apparently there's something about the noise of a cafe, like the ambient noise that that allows you to get work done. yeah. So I actually heard about a, a, a startup company, they have this app, it pipes in live uh, ambient noise from a cafe and you can mix it with your music on your headphones. Yeah. So if you're in, at home or in an office or something, you can have that cafe experience. Yeah, I can attest to that, I get my best work done in cafes for yeah. sure. So what's so good about Starbucks? It might you?
1: be a little controversial with some uh, cheapos and anti-corporates out there. Um, out of the Starbucks in Tokyo, there's a few um, good options, all of them. Have free Wi-Fi, great on uh, saving uh, the cost of organizing some sort of internet package. Also, it saves your battery power if you've got some kind of USB attached dongle then that's going to drain your battery. The Starbucks free Wi-Fi is one great benefit. (laughs) You have to sign up for that before you get to the Starbucks. You need an internet connection to actually register before you can get onto their free Wi-Fi. Yeah, and you can't do it at Starbucks, right? If you've got a phone with the internet, then you're fine. But if you're traveling um, and you don't have internet, (coughs) then do it at the hotel before you get to Starbucks. I I think we
0: have an article on the site about signing up for that. Yeah, cheap internet in Tokyo. Indeed. Yep, we'll put it in the show notes. The other good point is a growing number of Starbucks now have
1: PowerPoints that you are allowed to use. Gone are the days where you had to sort of cover up the fact that you were plugged in with your bag or something. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the counter seats yeah. have
0: the, the power plugs? That's right. Yeah.
1: So it seems they're embracing the cafe workers, giving them a specific spot.
0: Have you ever been kicked out of a Starbucks in Tokyo?
1: I've never been thrown out. I have been told to stop using the PowerPoints oh, on okay. numerous occasions. Right, right. What I would do is I would just go, ah, sui mi and take it out. Mm-hmm. Then when they'd gone away, I'd put my bag in front of the PowerPoint and then right, plug right. back in. And of course, they would never say anything after that. Uh-huh. If they can see it, then it's confronting them. They have to tell you to stop
0: it. It's uh, that's see no evil, hear no evil, right? Pro
1: tip for cafes and Starbucks which don't have these legitimate power points that you're allowed to use. Quickly mention, a couple of the uh, Starbucks in Harajuku definitely have these points. The tea site in Daikanyama has a nice big desk.
0: I'd say most of them have these things now, don't they?
1: Yeah, it's it's growing number for sure. Yeah. And several in Shibuya have them, definitely.
0: Um, I'm not sure if it's something on their site where you can search by PowerPoint. Oh, I'm, I'm sure just the larger ones are bound to have something like that. So, Are there any times you can't go to Starbucks? For cafes in general, the best times are the mornings and the
1: evenings. After lunch, tends to get really crowded. The Starbucks in particular, you'll
0: probably have to wait to get a seat. Because it's so popular in Japan. Yeah, I found on the weekends they tend to be quite busy. Like a lot of people take their computers down there on the weekends, and yeah. quite often all the spots where people have their computers are gone. Still, mornings are usually okay. My uh, years
1: of uh, cafe experience mm-hmm. uh, never had any trouble in the mornings. It's but as soon as it's two p.m. post lunch, then yeah, it gets quite busy.
0: Do you know any other cafes apart from Starbucks that are acceptive to um, people planting themselves in for a whole day and and? And working on their computer? Most chain cafes, you never really have a problem. They're not kind
1: of worried about you only having one drink all day. Mm-hmm. Some are just nicer environments than others. Some have nicer drinks than others. So uh, there's sort of your personal preference. Some of the kind of less well-known, less popular chains are also uh, quite good options. Doltor, they're okay, but Del Torre itself is quite smoky and the seats are quite ah, small. Yeah, are. I'd say like
0: the working environment in Starbucks is generally nicer than the working environment in Del Torre. Yeah. For a day it's probably gonna cost you two coffees though, right? Or two drinks at least. If you want to go out for lunch. Yes. You know, you go out for lunch and you come back and, and you have to get another coffee. Would you buy mineral water in the afternoon? Right, right? Right. <laughs>
1: With the bigger chains, maybe you have personal preference as to what places you like. I find that, you know, they're not all equal. The drinks are different qualities and the the music they play is different and the layout is different. And these can affect your uh, working mentality. Some of the less popular chains, two, particularly a Café, Crier and Precious Coffee Moments, which I think is not its name, it's... Uejima or something. The kanji for up and the kanji for island, right? I think Uejima. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: quite expensive though, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's not that cheap. But it's kind of similar to Starbucks. Okay. But I find that's that's got a quite good atmosphere, and it's Mm -hmm. it's the advantage with the less common chains is they're not usually so busy. So if you're going in the afternoon, then you're more likely to get a seat in one of these places. Yep.
0: We're going to talk about co-working spaces, but there's kind of like a a category that's in between cafes and co-working spaces, which are co-working cafes. There's a few of these in Tokyo that have kind of popped up over the last few years. They have different deals, but uh, most of them charge a certain fee and you get uh, a drink or a coffee or, or something. So there's one I reviewed on the site recently called the Open Source Cafe in Shimokitazawa. It's not that close to Shimokitazawa Station. It took about I got a 15-20 minute walk because I kind of got lost on the way. It's a bit of a challenge to find. Um, it's a great little place, really, really friendly staff. The space is nice. You get a big monitor. You pay a thousand yen and you get coffee as well. And you can basically work there for the whole day. It does have some advantages over Starbucks. One of them is uh, you don't have to buy any more coffee. You can basically, basically sit there for the whole day. Also, at this this particular one, you can leave anytime you like. So for example, you can go out for lunch You can come back. Probably you'll lose the best desk if you've got a nice nice seat. I would um,
1: hazard a guess that you could probably leave your stuff in a Starbucks and leave and come back and it'll still be there.
0: You could. I wouldn't do that. I've done um, that actually. I went shopping once uh and left my laptop. To be fair, I've only gone about 15 minutes. Actually, when I went to this one, it was interesting. I turned up early in the morning and there was no one there because these kind of co-working spaces that are geared more towards um, IT people in Japan they, they tend to be really uh, late risers, yeah. they start generally from the mid-afternoon kind of thing. So yeah. in the morning there's no one there from 10, it was just me in, until uh, midday. And then the owners kind of tapped on the window and they said, you know, we're going out for lunch, do you want to come with us? So um, I w- went for lunch with them and they locked up the, the cafe and left all my stuff in there, it was great. When I was working in a co-working space, which we'll get onto a minute, nobody would turn up till 11am, I'd always have the place to myself. Along with the co-working spaces, they, they tend to be um, clustered around Shibuya and Harajuku. So another one is uh, the Terminal that's near Harajuku Station. A couple in Shibuya, Matome Cafe and Jelly Jelly Cafe. If you go to any of these places, be careful with the rules. They tend to have quite different rules. The open source cafe is very kind of open, well, as the name suggests, but places like the Terminal, for example, you're not allowed to take food in there. And if you leave, that's it, you can't go back in. So And they have a more expensive package like 2,000 yen if you want to. You know come and go all day uh, and the other thing to be aware of is some of them have uh like joining fees so you know if it's your first time there they might charge you 500 yen extra to become a member but that's another advantage of the open source cafe they don't have anything like that you just go along pay your money work should we move on to the co-working space indeed co-working spaces what kind of deals you
1: get with co-working spaces casual co-working space is more of a kind of more, drop-in yeah that. more of a
0: drop-in thing you can just turn up without any kind of warning Although some of these ones, um, they suggest you call in advance to you know, reserve your spot. I'll be reviewing them uh, <laughs> soon, but they tend to be clustered around Shibuya. and These places tend to have more of a range of packages than the cafes. The casual co-working cafes, they just have the daily plan, whereas these ones, they'll quite often have more of a range. For example, they'll have like a 10,000 yen plan, where you can you know, use it for one or two days a week, and they'll have uh, meeting room options. You can hire a meeting room for 500 yen an hour. It sounds like more as a sort of pay-as-you-go style. Yeah. So I
1: guess the next step up would be where you do a kind of longer-term contract. Mm-hmm. And uh, those places of which there's quite a few in Tokyo as well. Again, there's a few in Shibuya.
0: Yeah, Mob Off is one. Yeah, there's yeah. CoLab as well. Uh, yeah, Agora I think is another one. So what's the pricing on those kind of places? They tend to start at like
1: 11,000 a month, easily Ichiman Yen a month and that would be a kind of hot desk mm-hmm. type option where you will not have a specific set space. There would just be a kind of open area. Now above that, you'll have options like uh, maybe you'll have a hot seat with a post box so you can receive mail there. And then the option above that would be a actual specific desk where you can kind of keep stuff, but those would cost significantly more. I did one of those for a, th- uh, a year or so, and I think it was like Rokuman a month. How much is Rokuman? Um, sorry, <laughs> sixty thousand yen it was actually uh, two desk space desks. Right, so right. It's that was bad. enough to have two people there. Right, so right. Yeah, I saw that. Sharing that between yep. two, wasn't, mm. it wouldn't have been so bad. The caveat was, although that was the stated price, as typical with Japanese um, property market, you had to pay an extra two months um, in just fees or whatever it was. Right, so right. six months was
0: eight months. A non-refundable deposit which isn't really a deposit yeah another thing to watch for those kind of places is they need to make money which is fair enough but they'll quite often try to tie you into a, a long-term contract so six to twelve months general kind yeah, of this,
1: period this place i had to pay um, all the rent in advance and it was uh, for six months and mm-hmm. i had to give two months advance notice of cancellation right right yeah which so, i didn't realize and ended up having
0: to pay an extra two months we could have a whole uh, another episode on this but depending on the, the style of your business if you're doing business in Japan, your office can be quite important, but if you're just looking for a place to work, you don't need to worry about that so much, so uh, lots of factors to consider. My, my advice would be to not overcommit. As we mentioned with the cafes, there's places where you can work quite cheaply for a day. Try those out, and maybe if you need more, think carefully before
1: committing to uh, renting your own desk in a co-working space for six months. Ironically, I had this uh, desk, and I would pretty much every day for at least half the day, I would go to the Starbucks around the corner and work there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that's our brain dump for today on working from cafes and co-working spaces.
0: As usual, if you want to keep track of us, we share everything from the site on Facebook, plus a few extra little things. Facebook.com slash Tokyo Also, you can find us on Twitter. So on Twitter, our handle is Tokyo Cheapo. Tokyo Cheapo is the thing to search for.
1: Marvellous. Keep checking the site for uh, the latest cheap news. Of course, tokyocheapo.com. That's the mothership. That is the mothership. So fire your feedback, compliments, and complaints at uh, Tokyo Cheapo.
0: So thanks for listening. See you guys next time. Bye.
1: dogs, hotels, holidays, sumo, cheap